Welcome to the Smartest Energy Talks podcast. Recently, Vishnu Agarwal, Deputy Vice President of Origination and Renewables Trading at Smartest Energy, joined the Modo Energy podcast, covering a wide range of topics from PPAs and energy trading to 100% renewable electricity and Rego and Goose certificates. Join us over the next few weeks and listen in as we share short snippets and best bits as part of our latest podcast mini-series. And the topic for today's podcast, the third in the series, is Certified 100% Renewable Electricity and Rego Certificates. And so what's the unit of a certificate of a Rego? It's, it's one unit, one tonne of carbon. And how do we make sure that the certificate really does mean that? So what? Because there must, there must be nuances. We're going to get into the details now. But there must be nuances yeah. about how these certificates are issued and who gets them and, and all that stuff. So let's sure. talk about that. What, what's a unit for a certificate? Yeah. So, so energy attribution certificates are quite quite different from the carbon certificates, and they're the unit of, of measurement is per megawatt hour. Per megawatt hour. So, so, what that's saying is, you know, one megawatt hour of wind or solar has been injected into the grid, and and that's the beauty of these certificates. They they describe exactly what what has gone in, mm-hmm. so where it's come from. Um, so that allows consumers to then choose, right? So, you know, we're sitting here in Birmingham and you're saying, well, you know, I'd really like to be to be powered by, for example, um, wind from that hill. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can go out and specify to your supplier, I'd really like to to, to be supplied by that, that wind turbine. And you know exactly what you're getting because you've bought the certificates from that, that wind turbine. Okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. And so um, I get it on the wind turbine, like the, the generation side. So I've yeah. got my wind turbine, I get my certificates, and then someone else buys them from me. Yeah. What about on the other side? So what about big industry? How do, what's their role in this? So say I'm a big steel manufacturer or I'm yeah. around the corner from here, Jaguar Land Rover, for example, uses loads of power for a very good reason to produce cars, but they still, still use a load of power. Hmm. So how, do they have to buy those certificates from me no, who? How does all that work? Yeah. So typically, um, so I mean, many of our customers are large industrial and commercial customers, like you know, like you mentioned. So, um, what they would do is come to us as a supplier uh, mm-hmm. and say, "Look, I, I want a renewable tariff," and then they would specify what type of renewable they'd like. So, you know, would they like to be sourced from wind, solar, hydro? Would they like more more base load assets. Would they like location specific, technology specific. Um, you know, assets, newer assets, you know, things that have been built in the last five years, for example, and they, they can make those those um, requirements known and that then influences the supplier on their procurement activity um, and influences, you know, their purchasing strategy and, 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 and projects that they, they then go and buy um, going forward. So, um, so what they're doing is really making quite a powerful decision to, for their for their consumers, they're saying, "Well, uh, you know, our consumers really value the the fact that we're we're producing this this good using 100% renewable electricity, and they're then stimulating that market by by participating in that market, um, driving demand for it, and therefore therefore price as well, um, which then goes on to to the developer of those projects." And so here comes the the difficult question, the double sided. So what's really good about this market? What does the market get right? Yeah. Um. Um. What's What's really the What are the hot potatoes that we need to improve on here? Yeah, definitely. I think so. What What's really good is it's you know it's a market based mechanism, uh, and that can that lends itself to 
you know your your the examples you just you just mentioned so they can they can play an active part in deciding um you know they want renewable consumption so it's it's about democratizing energy um firstly and that that's what it lends itself to do um and stimulate the market so it also means that you know in a traditional subsidy mechanism world where the subsidies are borne by the taxpayer or or kind of smeared across all consumers then the um those who want to play an active part in a low carbon future can 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 take some of that um you know the the cost away from 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 the the taxpayer or, or other consumers so it works really well in in that scenario where it where it could be improved um for sure you it it could really be improved in the granularity um it could be improved by legislation to to move to say what we call full disclosure so what we'd like to see is every single megawatt hour that you consume is accounted for so currently only the renewable energy part carries a certificate why does the the coal or the nuclear not so why why do you not have to um also procure those certificates as well and so that will really drive drive further change and also you know allow consumers to dictate what what the grid future grid mix looks like so rather than a ego an ego where you, where every bit of generation has to has a number on a certificate yeah. which says how much how much carbon you produce for that well like a guarantee of origin like they have in Europe so it's it's called guarantee of origin because they issue them for for nuclear they issue them for so for other things is this market doing here comes the um the sort of the simple question i think this market is supposed to help us get to net zero and does this market help us get to net zero so this market allows us to make those those claims that we that that we want to make and it's a voluntary completely voluntary market now could is there legislation that could help us move quicker to to net zero absolutely so so the future uh, renewable energy directives for example red 2 um in 2018 then looked and said well each member uh, member state should look to um uh, to to target 32% of of all energy coming from renewable sources all right so it actually helps put targets on things and then helps account for for those targets because you've got a unit for of account yeah. yeah and then they you know they went even further um you know at the moment they're so looking at 32 is not that high is it it's not it's not when have they got to do that by that's 2030 2030 but they oh, are come on guys they've got the new fit fit for 55 strategy which which has improved that to 40% okay but, but it's still you know fit for 55 but the yeah. number's actually 40, 40%. what's the 55 is that 2055 i'd, ima- I'd imagine so <laughs> uh, okay yeah yeah and so uh, like these certificates can yeah. i can we start like can we now go out and buy can i go and buy some certificates i've got a bit of money in my pocket just won the lottery Can I go and buy? I really want some certificates. Yep, if if you're finding you found somebody willing to to sell you those certificates. So it's not like a is it a regulated market or can anyone play in this market? Um it's not it's not regulated in in that sense. Uh, okay. So anybody can can play in that market. So this because this is we're talking about the market, right? So uh, generators buy because I'd imagine it's not just suppliers who take part in this market. Do you have other traders who see, "Oh, I could buy now, sell later" because the price is constantly moving around, right? Yep. And so um what drives that price? Yeah so so we find other actors in the market just as in the power market and the gas market so there's there's other liquidity providers and, and traders um what drives the market so you've got 
similar similar fundamentals to, to power and gas. So you know, we looked last year, super low levels of wind, um, you know, more than 40 percent of, of all guarantees of origin are issued from wind. So that really pushed pushed prices up as as wind was you know a lot more scarce. Um, so you have the fundamentals. I think it wasn't windy enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, cool. wind, your turbine on the hill didn't blow Got quite you. as much as as yeah. you'd expected that year. Um, and then on the consumption side, what's demand doing? So that I mean that that picture's really really increased, right? So you may have seen by switching your energy at home, the offerings you get are by and large a lot of them are 100% renewable tariffs. Um, it all makes sense to me here, right? But the big, the, the thing, like if you read the newspapers or whatever about Rigos, the argument is the price of Rigos is so different to the price of the actual carbon, if I've got this the right way around. So like, for people who produce, if you want to go and buy actual renewable, like the, the good energy piece, right, which is like, if you want to buy actual renewable power, Doing that costs way more than just getting a certificate for it because there's more certificates than there is. There's I don't know. I, I, what what what's the what's the argument about why this this market is isn't right? What's going on there? Sure. So so we, we need to get away from you know the carbon in it. So that what they are they're energy attribution certificates. So they show you that one megawatt hour has gone into the grid and one megawatt hour was, was taken out out of the grid. Um, the way the way the price the pricing is reflective of consumer demand, and that's uh, I mean, that's that's the way that that's pricing. It's not it's not reflective of the cost of carbon, because obviously in in a project, then the, whoever's developing that project has you know a commodity they can sell the power for. They have the subsidy. They have other things within that within that thing. They're not just selling that that certificate. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And I think. Where some of the arguments really fall down is the understanding of our electricity system here in the UK. So our electricity system in the UK is such that you could set up and be a supplier and not have, you know, you don't have to be vertically integrated like you used to have to be. You know, you don't have to have your own generation and supply just your own power to mm-hmm. somebody else. It just it simply doesn't work, right? You've, you've, you know, we talked about the intermittency issues before, you get to balancing, you need to buy power from somewhere else, right? So the whole concept of saying, well, you can only supply renewable energy from plants that you've bought from doesn't work, right, as a, as a supplier. Yeah. Um, so you t- take an example of, um, you know, Orsted, for example, right? Because you need a secondary market for it. You, you need a secondary market. So Orsted... You know, they're divesting their supply business. Very little supply now in, in the UK. Huge, one of the largest you know, renewable producers in the UK. Yeah. So in that argument, you'd say, well, what happens to the renewable energy that Orsted produce? If they sold all of their energy on the exchange, day ahead, are we saying that simply doesn't, doesn't yeah. exist anymore? Because they haven't got a supply business to, to send that on. So this is... It's complicated, isn't it? It's really, it's really, it's, it's really complicated, but... Fundamentally, the, the consumers can choose how to get their renewable energy. So, they, you know, they could go and sign a corporate PPA, for example. They could sign a PPA. And we've already discussed the risks yeah, yeah. involved in that. It's a risky proposition, but they could do that. To, to so, oh, so, Modo, we could go to a wind turbine owner and say, right, we're physically going to buy your, we're going to buy your power. A bit like what yeah. these, like Microsoft and Alphabet and these 
big data center providers are now doing, aren't they? Yeah. But then you've also got to get comfortable with, with the fact that you're not going to be 100% renewable all yeah. the time, right? If you're looking, it depends on the granularity that you're looking at. But, but that's not always possible for most people, right? If you're, you're sitting uh, you know, in London, with, you're living in a, in a one-bed flat, you can't go and feasibly go and sign a corporate PPA. You can't, you can't go and put solar panels on Don't your rooftop. Don't can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we certainly can't. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Smartest Energy Talks podcast, the third episode of a series hosted by Modo Energy. Stay tuned for the final episode of this series discussing the recent EU decision around the removal of goods. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you soon.